Welcome to the Green Ranine Publishing Podcast. Since the year 2000, Green Ranine has been at the forefront of the hobby game industry. This podcast brings that world to life with news, interviews, and opinions direct from the Emerald City. Join us as we talk about role-playing games, card games, conventions, game design, and all things Green Ronin. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Green Ronin podcast. This is Chris Pramus and I'll be your host today. I'm recording this episode on April 6th, and uh, it's been a few months since we've had a chance to record a podcast, so I want to give people a general update on uh, what's been going on with Green Ronin, uh, a little bit with the game industry uh, as well. Um, I must apologize for it taking a few months for us to get this podcast ready. Uh, We had several shows planned that didn't work out for one reason or another. Uh, I had wanted to get John Tynes and Ray Winninger on here to talk about hobby games, the 100 best, but uh, John and his wife Jenny uh, just had a baby, and so they of course have been put out, but uh, we would like to uh, offer our congratulations to John and Jenny on uh, on their lovely daughter Vivian. Um, I also was in San Francisco in February for the Game Developers Conference, and while I was there I actually recorded a podcast uh, with the folks from 2D6 Feet in a Random Direction, and uh, we did an hour and a half long show that we were going to share, and uh, then a couple weeks later, we discovered that the file was corrupted, so uh, there was no show there. Uh, although we are going to be re-recording that, and that will likely be the next episode. So uh, we've had a few uh, fits and starts here, but uh, we want to get back on a more regular schedule, so uh, we're going to start that out right now. So I'm going to get going with a little bit of news here. Uh, It is the beginning of April, and uh, that means we're starting our convention season. So usually this kicks off with the Gamma Trade Show, which is uh, the only real trade show for the game industry. This happens in Las Vegas every year, and uh, we'll be heading down there in just a few weeks. This is a chance for us to meet with uh, distributors and retailers, other folks in the game industry, uh, show off or do stuff, tell people what's coming up over the next uh, six months to a year, um, and, uh, you know, generally represent and get the word out on uh, on what's going on. Uh, last year at Gamma Trade Show, we announced the uh, acquisition of our Song of Ice and Fire license, which was pretty exciting. Um, we have no secret surprises this year, so, uh, you know, we're just going to soldier on with all the good stuff we've got going on already. Um, further on in the summer, uh, Green Ranine will be at Origins, uh, and it'll be our East Coast staff who are handling that show. Uh, Steve Kenson will be there and Hal Mangold. Um, in August, um, I'm going to be at Ropicon, which is a convention in Finland, uh, where I've been invited to be a guest of honor this year. And, uh, Nicole Lindrus, who is Green Ronin's general manager, will be coming with me. She is a Finnish-American, so she is excited to have an opportunity to go to Finland. I have heard a lot about Ropicon, um, from other previous guests, uh, like Rich Dansky and, uh, Robin Laws, and I'm looking forward to uh, checking out what the gaming scene is like in Finland and hopefully having a chance to uh, see some of the sites as well while I'm there. 
Um, hot on the heels of that is Gen Con, of course, uh, which is in Indianapolis these days. And uh, I'll probably be coming practically directly from Finland into Gen Con, so likely to be pretty tired when I get there. But, uh, you know, Gen Con is always a really invigorating show. Um, it's when we're going to be launching the Song of Ice and Fire game, and uh, should be a lot of, uh, of really exciting stuff going on there. So, um, speaking of A Song of Ice and Fire, um, we have been working on the design of that for over a year now. Uh, Rob Schwab was the lead designer on that. You may recognize his name from many fine Green Marine products. Uh, he previously handled the Thieves World line for us and Black Company, and uh, he's also done a lot of freelance work for Wizards of the Coast. You may have uh, seen his name on books like Elder Evils. So uh, this is a brand new system. Um, there was a previous Game of Thrones game uh, that Guardians of Order put out a few years ago, uh, which was a variant of the D20 system. We decided that we wanted to do a, an original system that was really built to reflect uh, the nature of uh, the books and of uh, Westeros and the surrounding lands there. Uh, so we decided, uh, rather than adapt something and have to make compromises, it would just really be best to, to build something from the ground up. So, um, uh, Rob has spent most of the last year working on that and, uh, it's coming together very nicely. Um, it's, uh, got a nice spin on, on the adventuring group where many role-playing games, um, why your characters are together is left a sort of a nebulous thing. Oh, you meet at a bar or what have you. Um, but the uh, Song of Ice and Fire game has a very definite um, idea of why a group is together. And it is that you are all um, members uh, of a minor noble house. Um, and you all have different roles within that. You might be an heir, you might be a, a soldier or a bodyguard or, you know, are some way associated with this house. And uh, as you go on these adventures, you are not only trying to improve your own character, but you're also improving um, the status and the glory of your house as well. And uh, naturally, because it's based on uh, Martin's work, it uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you're all super great friends. In fact, you know, there may be rivals within your own party. And you may be working on different individual agendas, but what you have in common uh, is that you want the uh, your house to uh, succeed and and thrive uh, while playing the Game of Thrones. And that's sort of the default uh, campaign setup. Although we we will be talking about other alternate campaign setups um, if you'd like to do something a little different than that. Um, so the game is uh, is going into layout very shortly. Um, it launches at Gen Con, as I mentioned, and um, but you can get a taste before that on Free RPG Day, which is in June. Um, we uh, have put together a Song of Ice and Fire quick play, which is a 32-page um, book that uh, strips down the rules some and introduces them to you and has a short adventure and some pre-generated characters, so you can... Uh, jump in and, and give the game a bit of a test drive before it comes out. So um, that will be in participating stores on June 22nd. And then after free RPG day, we will be releasing that as a free PDF. Uh, so if your local store is not participating, you can at least download the PDF and check it out that way. Um, so we'll be hearing a lot more about uh, 
ice and fire uh, as we head into the summertime, but uh, wanted to give you a bit of a, a lowdown on, uh, on how that was progressing. Um, the other big news we have heading into the summer is about True 20 Adventure Roleplaying, um, which uh, continues on. And in fact, uh, we have a revised edition of the game um, coming out uh, probably late April, early May. Um, what happened there was that we uh, sold out of the uh, original version, and so we had to decide if we wanted to simply reprint uh, the original edition or if we wanted to change it up at all. So uh, what we decided to do was uh, to remove the sample settings um, from the original game and instead uh, sub in the entire contents of the True 20 Companion. Uh, those of you who have seen that book know that it basically gives you a, a bunch of um, advice on handling the uh, the four most popular genres for True 20, which is uh, fantasy, science fiction, modern action, and horror, uh, with a bunch of, uh, of rules options and other um, tools that let you really optimize your game for that genre. So we thought that would be a really good fit uh, in the core rulebook um, and make the whole package into a really nice toolkit for running exactly the sort of game that you want to run. Um, so the, uh, the new rulebook is bigger, it's 272 pages, um, but it's going to be softback this time, so uh, we can keep the price down to $29.95. So this makes the revised edition uh, very affordable, and we've also um, inputted all the errata, we've clarified a bunch of things, um, particularly the damage section, uh, and in general just tried to spiff everything up. Um, so if there are folks who uh, are going to buy this uh, who already have the previous edition, they really um, will we'll notice marked improvements in it. And if you don't want to buy it, that's fine too. Um, you know, we've got errata issued on the website, and you can certainly continue to use your old book without a problem. It's uh, not a new edition, it's really just a, a revision of the previous game. Um, now to go along with that, we are changing the way that uh, licensing works for True 20. Uh, previously, we let people uh, license the True 20 trademark uh, so they could publish compatible material using the open game license. And uh, what we've decided to do is to open that up more. Um, and we've created the uh, True 20 Adventure Role-Playing Trademark License, and that's going to allow um, any publishers that want to to put out True 20 material uh, for free. And so it's going to work uh, similarly to how the D20 license used to work. Um, where uh, if you, if you want to do your own True 20 books, you will be able to do so without having to worry about uh, uh, licensing fees or uh, approvals or any of that stuff. Um, so for True 20 fans, uh, this is likely going to lead to a lot more third-party stuff, which should help broaden out uh, the options and the support of the game, uh, which could only be a good thing. So it's... Uh, Pretty good news for the True 20 fans, and uh, coming up this summer also we have the print version of the True 20 Adepts Handbook uh, that follows on the Experts book that came out a few months ago, um, and then uh, later on this year we'll be finishing up the three roll books with the True 20 Warriors Handbook. So speaking of the open game license, um, there's still a lot of, uh, of uh, talk and speculation about what's going on with the open game license in regards to 4th edition D&D. &D. 
Uh, people are asking me all the time if Green Renine is going to be doing any support material for 4th edition. Um, so it's April 6th today, uh, which means it's exactly two months until 4th edition launches. Um, and uh, unfortunately, um, I can't really say anything more than we don't know right now. Uh, because that situation has not clarified as yet. Back in January, uh, we participated in a conference call with uh, Wizard of the Coast and a bunch of other third-party publishers um, in which the uh, sort of terms of the uh, OGL and 4th edition were kind of laid out. And what was explained to us at the time was that there's this was going to be a two-stage process um, that early adopters could pay $5,000 and get a developer's kit. Um, this would give them access to the rules uh, before they came out and would also allow those companies uh, that paid to start publishing in August of this year, so just a couple months after the game itself came out. Um, companies that did not want to pay the $5,000 fee could wait um, until January, and then uh, they could start publishing uh, without paying the fee. Um, we were then debating internally, uh, and of course there's a lot of debate on the internet about you know whether it was worth it to spend the $5,000 or not. Uh, meanwhile, Wizards was working on putting the license together. Um, and over the next couple of months, uh, it emerged that uh, the new license wasn't going to be called the Open Game License anymore. They were renaming it the Game System License. Um, and it was going to have some additional restrictions that were not on the original open game license. Um, so basically, everyone in the third-party community has just been waiting for the game system license to appear. Uh, and we've been waiting now since January, and the GSL has not appeared. Uh, and without knowing the terms under which we'd be publishing, uh, it would difficult for us or other companies to make plans um so as i mentioned it's only a couple of months now till the rules come out so certainly getting early access to the rules is becoming less of an enticement as we get uh, closer to the actual launch date when you'll just be able to buy the books off the shelf um it's unclear exactly uh what the holdup is uh you know i know that people at wizards are in near constant consultations with their legal people as they try to sort out what they want to achieve with the license uh, you know, versus what other people would like to see. Um, but basically it's a holding pattern and you know, until we see that license uh, it's difficult for us to say what we're going to do. Um, it's hard to plan for products when you're not sure what sort of products are going to be allowed, for example. Um, so, uh, we had thought we might be debuting some 4th edition stuff at Gen Con this year, and that might still happen, um, but until the GSL is delivered to us, um, we won't be able to decide. And it, also, at this point, uh, I imagine it's likely that the, uh, the terms that were explained to us in January are, are going to be revised, uh, because that original deal... Uh, is getting less attractive as each week goes on. Um, and so there's been some mention of perhaps extending the exclusivity period that people who paid the $5,000 um, would have. Um, but uh, the whole thing is, is essentially unclear. And so, you know, we're just waiting to see what's going to happen. 
Um, we are lucky in that we are in a position where we can wait and see. Um, Green Ranine is not really beholden to uh, fourth edition. It's not crucial to our business because we have Mutants and Masterminds, uh, we have True 20, and we have uh, Song of Ice and Fire, um, all, all of which are, are great games and, you know, are do well for us. So fourth edition is really more icing for us than cake. Um, other companies uh, had a lot more of their business tied up in supporting D&D more directly um, than we do currently. And uh, for at least one company, Paizo Publishing, they've decided um, that they couldn't wait any longer. And so uh, they announced a plan a couple of weeks ago where they're going to be continuing to support the 3.5 version of the rules. Uh, and then they've started an open playtest um, where they're going to be releasing their own uh, revised version of 3.5 in 2009 called the Pathfinder. Uh, which is a pretty interesting development because uh, it means that a major company in the the world of D20 publishing has decided they're not going to follow Wizards' lead. Um, and uh, it will be interesting to see if anyone else follows. Um, this is going to splinter the market at least to some degree. Um, although, you know, I think really a lot depends on how the... Uh, the community um, takes to fourth edition once we see it. Um, it's been difficult to assess uh, fourth edition because the uh, information has not exactly been uh, flowing out there to the same degree that it was when third edition was coming out. Um, so it's uh, it's hard to say um, how the community will react and you know whether most people will upgrade or whether a significant portion of them will decide. Uh, to stick with 3.5 or to move on and, and play something else. So it's definitely interesting times. Um, we uh, are hoping maybe uh, this month we'll hear something from Wizards about uh, what their plans are, if they are going to follow through and do the GSL or if they've changed their mind or, you know, if it's uh, uh, even if they don't yet know, maybe they'll give us uh, a date when we might expect to know. And uh, hopefully, um, by June anyway, when the game itself comes out, we'll be able to make some plans about whether we're going to be uh, doing stuff for 4th edition or not doing stuff for 4th edition. Um, so until uh, more things develop, uh, that's about all I can say. So um, I hope that by the next time we record a show, I will have more to say on this topic. Uh, if not, we've got plenty of other things to talk about uh, for sure. Uh, I do plan to re-record the podcast with uh, Chris Hanrahan at uh, 2D6 Feet in the Rim Direction. So probably our next show uh, will be a joint show uh, with 2D6. Uh, 2D6 Feet in the Rim Direction, by the way, is a podcast uh, run by uh, Chris Hanrahan and Brian Isakoff. And uh, it's a fun show. They talk about games, which, of course, we all love here at Green Marine. Um, and... Uh, it was one of the podcasts that I was on as a guest a couple of times that convinced me the, uh, to do a podcast for Green Renin because uh, I had a good time doing it. So it's always fun to talk to those guys. So uh, that ought to be our next show. So thanks for listening, and uh, I will catch up with you next time. Happy gaming, everyone. This podcast is copyright 2007, Green Review Publishing. 
Music by Bombscare, courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network. 